Attention, Pokemon players. You are listening to Triple P, the Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast. On today's episode, Jake misses again. Chuck plays host. And Mew comes back. <laughs> What's up, Chuck? How are we doing today, my friend? Uh, it is. It has been a fun, fun week of, uh, I don't know, all kinds of stuff. Uh, it's been a busy week. We had... I played host, like you said, uh, had a friend over uh, for visiting for a week and uh, just, you know, doing stuff, doing all kinds of, I don't know, going out, showing yeah, around, hanging town. out with friends, showing uh, tours, yeah. just uh, having a grand old time. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been a kind of a blur of a week, to be honest with you, because I just feel like we just podcast, but it's been a week already so. right right it, it, well it's, it's a good thing and a bad thing i guess so um but outside of hanging out with your friends showing showing um you know around the toledo area just hanging out and all that did you uh have a chance to play any pokemon this weekend uh we did uh i i, I did uh yeah we had they had activities they wanted to do on friday that um i didn't want to i guess is what you uh, want to say so league challenge was going on this week uh, so I still made it out to, uh, out to that. Played in our league challenge um, at uh, Refined Gaming, and I managed with a really weird record to stay in the top four, which was going to be the only four with points this week. We didn't hit the kicker for top eight, but uh, managed to squeak in for some more points, going two o three. I didn't lose the whole day, but uh, uh, took some ties on matches that just. Uh, couldn't finish pretty much right which happens um because i know all about that <laughs> yeah it's a best of three challenge so that's all i really need to say for most people that know that uh most of the time challenges are best of one this was best of three so interesting um, yes it, and we do that every week we play best of three but it's just harder when you get more people to kind of like finish so we played a little late um so that's where the tie the tie in the last round was the it's kind of like a if I win it, I win it like the whole thing because I piggy piggy by uh I frog you're, jumped the over like yeah, your two. resistance would have been good enough to jump over, yeah. Um, um, leapfrog, yeah, leapfrog that's the word. Um, so but we ended up tying still in, in a pretty close match with uh, a Maridon player, but uh, yeah. So a lot of ties on the day, but the deck's still working good. Playing Lost Box still. Very I like cool. it. Very, very cool. Um, but yeah, for me, um, you know, I was at Hartford this weekend um, at the Hartford Regionals. Um, it was a blast. Um, you know, so many different things, um, you know, happening. Being able to to link up and hang out with some um, awesome uh, Pokemon people um, outside the Pittsburgh area. Uh, most notably, uh, Gumi Gumi. They actually get to finally meet her in real life, so that was super awesome. Um, and then also some, yes. uh, yeah. Uh, also, we had real sunny games in there. We had Wancho there. We had um, we had um, C Fan, one of the you know one of the awesome uh, community members. Uh, were able to hang out with, um, and then also you know all all of our locals that ended up being able to go. So um, some pretty cool, fun times. Um, some good dinners. Um, and all that fun stuff. Um, but inside the tournament, um, had a, you know, had a pretty good start. I was playing Lugia single strike, um, 
And I started off 3-0 farming against uh, Lost, uh, or not Lost, uh, but uh, Arctina. Uh, The first two matches were Arctina. I went 4-0 against the two. Um, The deck was feeling good. Uh, Then going into the third round, um, played against, what was it, Um, uh, Mirror Match. And that one was a, a very fun game. Um, ended up being able to boss stall them out and then, um, and then Craglanch to mill them at the very end, um, which was really cool because I was in game three. Um, and I was actually behind, uh, because they had a faster start, uh, but because of some maybe awkward energy, uh, they had to get rid of it. Uh, so I was able to make, you know, you know, play the resource game a little bit better towards the end, um, and squeaked it out. So that was super great. Um, and then, uh, the frustration started to happen. Um, well, I my fourth match I lost to Arc Dura, uh, with with the Umbreon, which is not a great matchup. Even though I have an answer for Dura, if it sets up faster and takes out my um my Urshifu, I just really can't do much. So game one, they went first, they set up. I tried, uh, they bossed me up and I had no answer. Uh, game two, uh, I scooped pretty quickly. Game two, uh, lost that one. It was close. I did have a misplay in that one where. I was thinking two turns ahead and I discarded an, um, a fish when I was thinking that fish was the boss. Cause in my head, I was like, okay, I'm going to fish for a boss, do this kind of thing. But then I discard it cause thinking I already had it, but I didn't. Uh, so misplay that cost me, but I don't, I, I was already kind of losing in a very, uh, very, very uh, bad matchup, I guess. Uh, but that was an okay loss. I wasn't too tilted. Uh, then going to next match playing against, um in a gudra uh lost box uh lost game one because it didn't set up well uh game two i i won in a close one game three i was actually really far ahead um and i I was in no danger of losing that game uh but time was called i needed maybe five more minutes not even uh like a turn um to be able to just take those last prizes i was up four prizes to none and he had no threat on the board so he was playing for a tie which you know, my opponent should be doing that. Uh, but it was a little bit frustrating on my on my end. So I'm still an all right start at 3-1-1. Um, but then I went into a Maridon because of that. So if I win that matchup, obviously I, I probably don't play Maridon uh, against Maridon. And I get the coin flip to go first in the first game and proceed to brick. Um, and I was able to, you know, try to get the board state set up in, in turn two. But then he was just bossing me. Um, and you know, Maridon did that early game Maridon stuff. Um, so wasn't able to set up and get like that Urshifu game two. Uh, I went first again, was able to set up, get that Urshifu. He didn't really have a chance, uh, because I had you know enough answers. Um, so you get the one out and game three again. Uh, he went first, just was just was ahead, nothing I can do. Uh, so lose that one, uh, still in it at this point, but uh. Go against a lost box, uh, the 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 version with all the the V Pokemon um, and Kyogre. Um, I go first um, in game two. Uh, game one was a, a bad start, but game two, um, I'm feeling still all right about the matchup. Um, I go first. I set up a Lugia on the bench, have an active Pokemon, um, and my opponent on his very first turn, uh, going you know turn turn one going second, proceeds to get. Seven in the lost box, you know, with three with the the comfies, two with the Colrus, and then two with the with the vacuum taking his own um, seal stone off. Um, gets a uh, gets a escape rope to move, basically boss me, um, and then 
gets the gate to on the Raikou to just take an Oko on me. And I was just, I, I, I was kind of tilted after that. And it was like, man, after such a good start, you know, because sometimes I kind of struggle to, to get those good starts um, at these regionals, um, ended up losing that. And that's kind of what ended in my run. Um, so I was a little bit bummed, but obviously I wanted to keep going, uh, see if I can bounce back and get points. And I did end up taking the next two against a Maridon, um, and then another loss box, um, kind of avenging my two losses from earlier um, to end up going 5-3-1 uh, for good enough for top 256 because my resistance was really good. Uh, my opponents, all my opponents had a pretty good record uh, overall. Uh, so kind of comfortably in that uh, 256 zone. That's good. Good that you, you came back after the, the tough losses. Especially, I mean, you can't really... I mean, when the when the deck pops off, there's not really... You just gotta... It, it I've happens. literally never seen... <laughs> The lost box do what he did to me. Uh, I, I, you know, I had a pretty decent start. I wasn't able to get to um, Lugia is out just with my my hands, but like still thinking I'm in a pretty decent spot. Have a turn, you know, to set up. Uh, but no, uh, he literally got every single combination of cards he needed to to get me out. So it is what it is. Um, I don't think I could have done anything differently. Um, obviously, try to get a second one out, but there th there wasn't really an opportunity for that. So. I just have to, you know, take it on the chin. I think there was definitely improvement overall. I feel like, like I said, I had that one misplay, but outside of that, and I've racked my brain um, the whole drive back, and I feel like I play pretty, pretty clean mostly. Yeah, and like I, like I was, <clears throat> it's good that you came back. You know, wiped off the, the kind of a loss, like the the lost bone zone popping off. There's not really much you can do about that, especially if you didn't have the option. Like you, it wasn't in the cards to get. The second Lugia out. I mean, the deck just pops off. It pops off. But you know, you put that behind you. You get the two next wins. You guarantee you get yourself in the two fifty six scenario. So that's good. So right. I mean, yeah, it was it was fun. Uh, you know, I gave myself a chance to win in every single game. Um, and I feel like you know we just got to keep plugging away. Eventually, we're gonna get there. I uh, got so close so many times. I just gotta uh, that final little push to get up and over uh, into day two. Yep, it'll get there. But aside from that, I do want to say one more thing about Hartford on my end. Uh, we'll talk about the meta recap and everything a little bit later. But uh, was you know how uh, I've been uh, bulking up for a long time with all this. Uh, you know, I had like five, four boxes of uh, bulk, all sorted, no energies in there. I had a whole box, uh, uh, five row of all holographic rares uh, and, and reverse hollow rares. Um, and, you know, I traded it in and I got a... A ton of money off that so i was able to like convert that into pre-reg or pre um you know getting a pre-order uh for the the caldeo um evolved set so i'm actually pretty pretty set and pretty um happy about that so i was able to turn my bulk into the next set where i can get a couple booster boxes um and get a couple gold cards that i was hoping to get <laughs> yeah you got, got to go on a little shopping spree Yes, I don't normally do that when I'm at regionals. Uh, I'm usually there just to, um, you know, play the event and then kind of just go from there. But was able to do a little shopping spree, hang out with friends. I uh, did a couple side events after on day two because I, I I know the last few events, you know, didn't go my way. And I, I was kind of like, you know, if I don't make it, I'm just going to like leave early, get home. Uh, but I, I had in my mind, regardless of how I do, I'm going to stay there, enjoy myself. 
uh, do side events um, at, at the worst case. Um, I did that. And I was glad I was there because I was able to, um, you know, hang out with friends a little longer, um, have some good games in the side events. And then also just watching, you know, the top, you know, probably the top eight, eh, a little bit before that, some some really good stream games to watch it in real life. Um, and then kind of the stuff that you see in the crowd. It was it was fun. Uh, but we'll talk, like I said, a little bit later about that. Yeah, that's always fun, especially when you can, if you get the opportunity. I mean, everyone hopes that they're they're playing the whole time, but get the opportunity and just be able to chill with people you don't get to see all the time. Uh, that's great. Right. So. Exactly. All right. So before we get into our, you know, our meta breakdown of Hartford looking ahead to Milwaukee, there's a few, a few talking points I did want to kind of go over for uh, this week. Uh, in the world of Pokemon, again, um, you, you know, we don't want to really get into the the, the huge controversies um, like stated before. But there was one little thing is, you know, it was it was a great time at Hartford. But there was one little issue that we had and a lot of people in the community had, um, you know, there was no lunch break uh, for for Masters, uh, which is fine. Uh, but the venue didn't allow outside food um, and they only had this a two like a two lines for uh, one concession inside um, and didn't give people time to get food. Uh, I know that my first loss was, you know, gets at that the, the drow down list. I kind of said um, after round four, um, when, when the events opened up and I was done quickly, we were done because game one, I scooped really fast game two. It's maybe like 20 minutes. So I probably played 30 minutes and there was still plenty of time uh, in, in that round get into the line and I there is no way I was getting uh all the way through before uh thankfully uh a friend um of mine and uh, somebody that we had on the cast before Ryan Kratz was already ahead of me somehow um and he ordered pizzas for himself and then we were just talking and he's, he's like man you're not gonna get through this he's like just here you go uh you owe me so I had a little bit of a bite to eat there um but even after that like the next couple like I had another round somewhere in there that I finished pretty quickly and was in line and and didn't get I is as I got to the front of the line they were calling time and round uh and I, I was there for maybe like 30 minutes I'm like how in the heck like if you're going to time uh are you ever going to have a chance to get food and replenish and it is great that we didn't have a lunch break in the sense that the the tournament got um, done quicker and everything did run smoothly in that regard it was just like getting the food was just kind of a hassle yeah, um, I'm I'm on I'm one that's on the fence about whether or not to have lunch break in general. I mean, I I can see uh, the argument for and against, but um, if you're gonna do that, I would I would I don't know. You have to weigh the considerations. the The facts that you said that the, you're not allowed to bring anything from outside in, and yes. you only have one food food uh, place. Leads me to say that you might want to consider actually putting in the lunch break because, like you said, I, there's very little opportunity as someone actually being able to get food in general in, in one of those rounds. And if you can't bring it with you and just snack throughout the day, you're really right. putting you're really putting people um, in a situation where they might have to go most of the day without food. And that's not good and healthy. Not I mean, at all. I, I'm not saying people can't do it. I'm not saying people <laughs> don't do it, but um, we all know, you know, a well-balanced, like, you know, drinking 
drinking, eating, uh, taking care of yourself throughout the day is a good thing to do. Um, uh, so they should be at least giving the opportunity as in uh, like when we were at Fort Wayne or the last regional I went to, I mean, food was readily available. You could easily get it. You can bring right. it. Like if that was like, ah, no lunch break here, no big deal. And the, because... the painful thing was that there was, there was two sides of it. There was like, so there was two lines going into the one concession area, but literally on the other side, they had like a, another concession area that they just had uh, the roll down bars. Uh, over and they never opened so they could have doubled their the capacity of food that they were outputting um but they weren't they they didn't do that um it, it definitely hurt people and it's like it if you're not going to open up like no out or if you're going to say no outside food you need to open that second thing up uh so i don't necessarily blame, put that on pokemon but the convention center itself um may, maybe should have done that <laughs> for the amount of people that we had yeah that's understandable that's Valid points. So exactly. Um, another uh, mini controversy, I guess, and I know this one kind of affected you um, and a couple others here locally in Pittsburgh. I'm not sure about any other your locals at uh, Toledo there, um, but NAIC's registration uh, came and went. Uh, you know, all three waves, um, and there were a lot of issues where uh, people were getting messages um, saying that you know the event was already filled or or sorry, the capacity uh, it was already filled. Even when you know some I, the people had cases of them, like thirteen minutes of just like refreshing and eventually getting in. Um, so a little bit of misdirection there online. Uh, I was lucky enough to to get in and on um, on wave one, uh, but Chuck, uh, you were not. And I want to kind of hear your side of that and kind of um, maybe uh, any potential gripes you have. Uh, my my I only have. I don't, I have a little bit of a gripe, but it's not that much of a gripe because um, I did try. I didn't get in. Um, my biggest gripe, gripe is probably a me thing uh, more than, than, than anyone else. I know I've heard a lot of scenarios where people refresh the whole time. Mm -hmm. um, and everything, but uh, me in general, I had to work at during all three waves. So I'm using a phone. I'm working in not a city in the country. So my internet is not the best at where I'm trying to do this. Yeah. So uh, my biggest gripe is that for North America, you picked sign up times during a work day. Yeah. In the middle of a work days. day. In the middle of a work people. day, all three, all three days. I get the waves were probably so like international people could sign up at different times, but right, right, I right. feel like there should have been at least one wave that was an evening time at like 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. that people could sign up that wasn't while they're working so right. that you could devote the like three minutes that you had, like not even like the not even three minutes, but you could devote the five minutes to get ready to do this beforehand because you right. have two minutes after the time went. To even potentially get in because they went that fast on all three ways. Right. I mean, so, yeah, I mean, it, depending on your job, like for you, you're out out in the field. You're going, you know, you don't know where you're going to end up at X time. You know, you're going to be on the road and you'll have to pull over or something. For me, it was a little bit easier. Uh, I know I got so it was 9 a.m., um, you know, local time here uh, when when registration opened. Uh, and I had to tell my boss, I'm like, sorry, um, 
you got to do this meeting without me uh, because, you know, I need I need to register here. And, you know, um, I, I, I'm lucky that my boss was cool enough to do that. But um, some people might not have that opportunity. What if they have meetings or this, that or anything like that they can't get out of um, uh, to get to get in there? So uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, see your pain was, point for sure. That was my point is like the first one, <laughs> 9 a.m. Uh, there is no there's no possible way for me to even try that. And then the next timings were just awkward. Uh, I mean, it was just, I was driving. So I would literally had to stop what I was doing. Like I had to set an alarm, stop what I was doing and pull over and then try and do it on my phone, which, like I said, I don't know where I'm at. So I'm not necessarily on Wi-Fi. I'm not in the best internet scenario for this to necessarily get through and grab one of the many spots that are going quickly. So that was my big gripe. Um, I feel like I, if, if this was me trying to sign up for EUIC or like OCIC and the, the con times were not convenient for me, uh, that's but they were convenient for Australians or Europeans, I'm okay with like no complaints. Yeah. But yeah, I felt like yeah. there should have been at least one spot, at least one way that was just uber convenient for Americans to sign up because this is North American uh, internationals. Um, whether and if they're all bad for internationals, sorry, that's we're trying to make sure that North Americans get here for their their event. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you're not saying to completely try to be exclusive to them. You're just saying be ex inclusive at least on one wave make for, one for, really for the majority good. of you know North yeah. America to be able to register, um, and not during our work weeks, uh, work yeah. days, and kind of things like that. That would that would have been my one my one ask. Um, and I know other people didn't get just like people were trying to figure out why didn't they get in in general when they're there the entire time and hitting refresh. I don't know enough about how that stuff works. Uh, basically, and all of it just boils down to uh, it's a very popular event. We need more room, more, more, more places, more tickets to be able to like more ability for more people to sign up because the, the demand is there. Like, um, I know at least like at least five to ten people uh, that that tried to get in and couldn't. So uh, you're not. I know you're at least five. To, I know at least five to ten people that <laughs> signed up for a game they don't play yes. because they want to go. So yes, uh, I'm not saying that they should be doing this, but they want swag, and that's the way to get swag. But uh, it is. The uh, the demand is there for people that want to go to these. So uh, I would like to see not I know that planning for this is done well in advance, but for once, I would like someone to like just overshoot it, like just be like, hey, we have plenty of like because. Yeah, they have plenty of room. I mean, I guess they would have had to like, anticipate the uh, adding an extra haul for this. Uh, but they definitely could have done that just based off of the demand of Pokemon, uh, especially in North America that we've seen, you know, since it reopened since pandemic, where the majorities are either selling out really fast or it, it seems like, you know, we're always in that, you know, a 1200 player range uh, that probably could be even more uh, for any given tournament, basically, in any city in North America. And, and I will say, I mean, and it wasn't ICs, but we were experiencing like really high demand for regionals throughout North America. And I know that this 
event was like dropped somewhat somewhat time through the season accidentally on the same date as Origins. We all knew it was getting moved because they weren't going to be able to do both the same day. And we had this like it was delayed and inevitably for a period of time, which we were figuring it was scheduling issues or trying to figure out exactly the amount of space they were going to be able to get in where where it was going to even be in Columbus or not. Yeah. I feel like you knew the demand there uh, a little bit enough that they got the bigger halls this time, but maybe the answer should have been just like, can we have the whole God dang thing? Like, mm-hmm. uh, because the event is going to be big enough. Like, right. I, I maybe agree. That, maybe that wasn't an option. So who knows? But um, I think they should look into renting the whole More. thing. Next yeah. Time. Yeah, more. We all just want more. Imagine the clout of winning like a five thousand man <laughs> international championship. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. But I think they should just try and have more spaces than people sign up, so then they know exactly. I mean, they if they overshoot out. by that much, it's a it's a big cost. Uh, you know that they're they're paying that. You know, I don't know. I have no idea what it costs Pokemon to rent a hall out, but if they rent like a extra hall that they actually needed, that's a lot of money uh, down the drain for them. So I I get it, I, but like maybe I, overshoot I, just a little bit, just a little. I, bit. I do I do agree. I don't know if like NEIC is the event to overshoot. Oh, um, it is. It's historically been the event that they probably would. That, they, that's my would. my point is I think you got to overshoot one just to know your limit and like. I feel like NEIC would be the one to overshoot because I feel like you're making it back in spades anyway. Because if you get, if you have enough room for 5,000, but you get 4,000, but you normally only get under 3,000, like you're getting an extra thousand people that should offset everything. Like I I think, but maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not an event planner. I don't know this. I may be saying things that are like completely unreasonable. So I don't know. As am I. I'm, I'm in the same boat. Uh, but yeah, um, unfortunately, you know, there's some people, you know, on the outside looking in. Hopefully some spots do open here in the future. Um, but, you know, we'll see because I, I want to be able to hang out with you uh, in Columbus. Um, well, but if nothing opens up, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. I I was debating on doing I was debating on doing the same thing, and now that I've heard a couple people say like, "Ah, oh, we're going to play different games that they're not. That's not their primary thing." Um, I was debating on playing Go because I have played Go. I feel like I could. I don't want to do that because I will want to play in the event. Like, right? I don't. Yeah, I don't you're there. Go. You see all of I us. I am like, not oh. buying a ticket to to go just so I can get to NAIC. I would want to still. If I'm going to buy a ticket. To you go don't want to tap, 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 tap. Yeah, I will. I will tap, tap, tap. Um, uh, honestly, if I, I would rather have played VGC, but I have nowhere near a competitive team for what is needed for VGC. Yes, but I could probably put six stupid, not so great Go Pokemon at least to make everyone raise their eyebrows at me, like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> uh, but it would be fun for me, um, at least for you know a couple hours on the first day, and then. Just hang out the rest of the time, but just do side events for anything. I'm probably, if, if anything, I'm I'm not gonna fret about trying to get there Thursday or Friday. I will grab a spectator pass and I will come on the weekend and on Saturday and hang out and see people that I want to see. 
because exactly. it's close enough that I should I can do that. So exactly. Alrighty, and then one last thing I wanted to talk about: uh, pre-releases. Um, you know, are starting as early as this weekend here in some of the stores. I heard at least uh, Pittsburgh. I'm sure some in the Toledo area are doing the same. Um, are you excited for the next set? Uh, are you excited for the new meta? I am. I'm excited to see what having Iono in the format is going to do for supporter lineups uh, and deck building. Um, unfortunately, I might not be able to play the deck I've been like playing for a while. Uh, I, I feel like that might take a hit. I might be wrong. We'll see. But uh, I'm excited to see what changes up. Um, I, I can see water coming back again with some Baxcalibur and stuff like that. So I am excited to see what will shake up and what we get out of it. Um, But mostly my number one excitement is to see the change up in the supporter lineups because everything currently has been like you're playing Colrus, you're playing Research. um, Or Judge. That's it. Or Boss. Uh, Well, everything's playing Boss. You're still going to play Boss. But every that like you're playing researches or you're playing um judges or you're playing choruses. Like those are the three cards. There's not really a creative deck um using I don't know like weird cards like Kabu and stuff like that. But not I'm saying that that's what I want to see. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Iono brings a different uh set of supporters that you can use to build decks differently. You're gonna be not throwing away resources as much. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for that to see what right. Happens. I'm I'm more excited just the to see the effect on the meta with Iono as far as just prize mapping and seeing how you can set that up because uh, you know a, a poorly timed Iono to one uh, could really wreck you. So can you set up a board uh, that you could take you know maybe three to four prizes in in a turn um, and try to get around that Iono uh, for really hurting you or or any other kind of decks that you can. Um, you know, create that maybe are Iono proof ish or at least resistant. Um, that's kind of where I'm sitting at, uh, seeing how big of an impact this card has. Because talking to multiple people that have been in the game for years, um, when you know N was a thing, um, you know, or were those comeback mechanic cards, um, you know, it sounds like the the prize mapping uh, is a skill uh, that you know a lot of us newer, uh, we'll just call COVID wave of players haven't had to really deal with that that prize mapping to that level. So again, I think that's the the biggest thing that I'm excited for with uh with a set coming out. Bibberell stock is gonna skyrocket. Oh yeah. I mean I played some Bibberell this weekend in the side events, um uh, Arctina in the side events and um just just the engine ar- alone with uh Bibberell um and and Squovit uh being able to consistently you know pull cards or declunk your hand in in redraw cards uh felt really good so that's that's a deck archetype for sure um that i'm i'm very much interested in yeah all right let's get in to the middle of the show shenanigans uh it's time for some trivia it's time time for trivia trivia what do we want to do you want to do first or i got my pack Um, ready this week 
Um, I, I can go. I can go first. Let's see if my internet's still going far. Um, yeah, so we're good. Um, since I traded in my bulk, I can't uh just like go <laughs> over and randomly look. So I actually had to um go into Pokey Collector and kind of just like scout some of the things. So um, I do have a Pokemon. It is standard legal as usual. Um, and okay. this week's Pokemon attack name is Merciless Strike. getting me with these bangers on merciless strike i will say your lifelines this week obviously stage um i can give you the type and i can give you the set merciless strike this got i think this has got to be a fighting pokemon we're talking about striking somebody um no all right. Um, let's let's do a stage. It is What's a stage? stage two. Stage two fighting. So that's that leaves me like Machamp, really. But I don't think Machamp. I will give you another hint to kind of get you a little bit on. Um, a little closer to the path because fighting is not the type. It is fire. It's fire type. Okay, so extra hint, fire type. Okay, stage two, fire types. Uh, we'll see. There's always a... There's there's talent. Uh, what set is it from, then? It is from Silver Tempest. Okay, Silver Tempest. So that's recent. That means we're talking about probably uh, Talon Flames. Maybe you no know, Arcanines are Stage Ones. Maybe an Embor, but that's not Silver Tempest. Um, maybe hmm, I don't know a Chim Chimmy. Oh, maybe that's it. Uh, Monferno. Fire type and fighting type would strike mercilessly. Is that your answer? Um, I don't know if that was in Silver Tempest or not. I'm going to go with it because I don't know. He was out recently in something. Is either Silver Tempest or maybe even the one before that. So and I'm going to go browser, with that. My browser just vanished. Uh... <laughs> mysteriously right now so what was your answer my i'm gonna go with monferno that's that's monferno, stage you're locking in Mon stage two monferno um that no, is inferno is the second one infernape that is still the incorrect answer i'm sorry my friend you were on the no. right you were right on the right track at the beginning it is talonflame oh Oh, and I, I was going to read the thing off, but I, uh, again, my, my browser just closed randomly, um, but it does 80 damage for one fire, plus it does an additional 80 if there's any extra uh, damage on it. I don't read it verbatim because it is not in front of me right now. That's all right. You uh, were close. I thought you were going to get one of the super hard ones. Yeah. I was literally, I, I was so off with that attack. I didn't know. I honestly did not know what that would be on. I was stuck on being striking as fighting. 
That's why I wanted so, I wanted right, you I, to I, get close, and I knew if I nudged you, you get at least close. And and yeah, so you, you gave me fire. It was nice. I, I I started thinking of stage twos that are that are out. I thought of Talonflame, but uh, once I hit Infernape, I kind of got uh, yep. tunnel vision. I wasn't going to help you that much. I wasn't going to tell you that the other uh, attack. Hey, it's a fire type, <laughs> and it strikes. <laughs> yeah, and it dives through the air. Uh, I didn't want to tell you that. <laughs> um, <laughs> That you just showed why you're so much better at trivia than I am, though, even with not getting it correct. All right. My turn to give you a trivia question, but I got to open my pack here. Um, I will give you a hint. This is a series one pack. Mm. So I don't know how much this is, these are worth anymore, but I was excited when I was when we won series one packs. So uh, see what we get. My my hint, my hit. For the this pack. energy again, uh, <laughs> it's an energy. Uh, it is not an energy. Well, <laughs> um, so this is a Pokemon. I did get a, the Pokemon kind of hit here, uh, but this Pokemon has an attack, uh, and it is called Stampede. This is standard legal Pokemon. Still. Yeah, like Tauros came to mind right away because like they do stampede, but I don't think that is a stage one. I don't think this is a card that we probably didn't really see a lot of play in, uh, but probably kind of cool looking. You can ask all the hints as well. You can go type stage. You already know it's. I mean, I can give you the set it was released in, but it was also in a prize pack, so. Right. So, I mean, I'm guessing it's normal type, but what type is it? This is a psychic type. Psychic type. Stampede. And what what um, what um, was the other thing? What stage is it? It is a basic Pokemon. Okay. Basic psychic Pokemon. That stampedes. Well, that automatically takes like Abra. Well, that there was no Abras there, but um, like Roltz's or... Um, not stampede. Um, another is Pumpkaboo. Me, Pumpkaboo. Pumpkaboo is attack. It does have an attack, but I don't think it was. It was like pumpkin pit. So I don't think it was Pumpkaboo. Um, another psychic Pokemon. Um, it's definitely not any Dragapults of sorts, which I don't think Dragapult was even in. Um, that uh, and what was the last hit? What set was it? Like real set? Uh, it was originally released in Evolving Skies. It might be Pumpkaboo because Pumpkaboo was Pumpkaboo was in Evolving Skies, and I don't think it was like the Espeon or um, anything like that. So, is that going to be your answer then? I'm going to say Pumpkaboo, yeah. You, sir, are correct. It oh, my gosh. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I could not give you Pumpkin Pit because that oh, was yeah, the for that sure. So, the attack that most people would never want to use, um, but it is Punk Pit. You got or Punkaboo. Uh, you got that one correct, sir. Let's go. So that was my hit. And you said my hit was an energy. It it kind of was. I got a capture energy. Yep. Yeah. I figured it was a special energy when you when you <laughs> said uh, you had that look on your face. 
Yeah, I got two special energies in that pack. So I don't know. I, maybe I'm leveling up my game here. You guys got to watch yeah. out. <laughs> Pumpkin pit. <laughs> Let's go. Is this is this max rarity punkaboo then? Is I think this it better might than be. the, the Halloween hollow, stamped? Hollow stamped? Uh, Halloween stamped. I don't know. That's I don't know. I think that this might be the second rarest then. All right. Max rarity punkaboo. Might have to keep that one around. Right. But uh Yep, that was uh that was it for uh trivia for me. Got got my hit in. Uh, see my winnings from this weekend. Is it uh is it time to do who will win? Yeah, let's let's get into it. Uh so who would win? Um in the in the you know, the last two that I gave you were kind of weakling Pokemon. Uh this time I wanted to do a pseudo mirror match, but strong Pokemon. So this week's who would win is Moltres versus Galarian Moltres. Oh, <laughs> okay. Redbird versus Blackbird. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> this is a good fight. I don't. I don't know. Well, okay. Um. I don't know. I mean, this is like trying to pick which they both win. Whoever no, walks can only away, have one. you can only you can only have one. Is it <laughs> Gowler or is it non-Gowler? Um. So. I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick regular old Moltres. Fire Moltres is gonna be the OG Moltres is gonna win. Uh, right, well, you got to give me a compelling reason, and I'll go the other way. And then we got to give you got to give our audience a compelling reason why OG Moltres comes out uh, out on top. Uh, just because I don't I, the uh, red red flame is better than black flame. It's hotter. It's it's, it's actually it's a hotter. Flame. Is that what you're saying? Um, yes. And uh, uh, OG. Moltres uh, is the original Moltres. It's got to be stronger. This Galarian version is just a a, a knockoff variant. No, nah, man. No, you're wrong. So Galarian <laughs> Moltres also has, you know, some red flame in there uh, mixing with the black. But this Galarian Moltres, have you seen this card? And this is what expired this. Have you seen the alt version? That guy comes with attitude. That guy comes with swagger. The OG Moltres is just sitting there, um, you know, on his high horse thinking experience is going to do this. This one knows it's going to win. It's going to come into the fight with so much more attitude, so much more enthusiasm to just wreck face um, and take down the other Moltres. So uh, fires equal out. It's all about that, that attitude, the swagger. Um, in the Galarian Moltres just brings that 10 times more than OG uh, Moltres, in my opinion. You you, you came with a very compelling uh, argument on there. All I can say is that OG Moltres, I'm, I'm looking up the stats right now. I'm just, I'm just there is there. no stats involved. This is all about attitude and and just determination and i don't i don't get that vibe off moltres the the original moltres just kind of feels like it's there not really caring much in the world about anything this one looks like it wants to eat your soul 
It does. It does. I mean, they're. Uh, I'm very. I'm. I'm not making a very good argument. For <laughs> no, you're not. It's. I mean, it's the flame Pokemon. It's also known as the malevolent Pokemon. I'm looking at. I'm looking up stuff just because I, I. I. I'm. 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 It's. It's got the. It's cool though. Ultras <laughs> cool as regular, like regular re legendary bird. I don't care what anyone says. Oh Zapdos no, you're wrong there too. Zap the, the original Zapdos is the best, uh, the best uh, bird. You know the legendary bird to start with, but that's not the argument. It's Moltres v Galarian Moltres, um, and I feel like I brought a stronger argument for the Galarian guy. I, I might, I might throw in the towel on this one. To be completely honest, I can't think of anything better. But besides Moltres is the original fire guy, I think he's going to have experience. He's got a bunch of different versatile options. You can look up a bunch of different Moltres cards and have a bunch of different things happen. Not it's just versatile. Two Galarian Moltres. Galarian Moltres is not only fire type, but he's also dark type. Well, the, the, the original Moltres isn't just fire type. He's also flying type. Okay, okay, yeah, I can add that too, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh anyways, yeah. I want to hear what you know everybody else thinks. If you guys uh you know give me some love uh, this week on who would win and vote for Galarian Moltres because I feel like uh, uh, I made the stronger choice this week. Is winning. <laughs> well no crap. <laughs> All right, with that being said though, um it's time to get to our sponsor read. The Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast is brought to you by Sports Car Junction. Located in the North Hills of Pittsburgh, Sports Car Junction is a one-stop shop for players and collectors with a wide variety of singles, supplies, packs, and boxes available in-store and online at sportscarjunction.com. And don't forget to check out our weekly league Thursdays at 6.30. All right. Thanks again, Sports Car Junction. Uh, we are back, and it is time to let's talk about a giveaway again. So uh, last week, uh, Nick was on, talked about the CJC. Caught us off guard with this. Caught, caught us off guard and gave us uh, another cool item that was supposed to be for the event that happened to not get there in time for the event, but uh, wanted us to help give the item away to the Pokemon community. Um, so we did, we are still doing the giveaway for the, um, the Lugia Gumi art, Megumi art, the original, uh, Lugia art. So, uh, we're going to give you another week to enter. So keyword Gumi, uh, send it over everyone who already entered. You are still in to the drawing. You can correct. You don't have to enter again, but if you want to be my guest, but, um, uh, we wanted to give everyone another chance. Make sure everyone gets their uh, chance to see this um, because we both had busy weekends. And I wanted to also, uh, we wanted to find a way also to try and get maybe a couple more eyes on the charity and help, I don't know, pop off just a little bit more money to send possibly another kid to camp. So I wanted, we are going to um, send the information in the show notes but you can if you donate any amount of money to the charity and make a donation you will get extra entries for the gumi art so every um i'm just going to say every dollar you enter uh make any kind of donation um 
every five dollars you enter, um, you will get an extra entry. So if you right. want to only donate five bucks or a dollar, um, you get one more entry. Um, uh, but if you want to donate ten, they'll give you like you enter twice. Yeah, plus 15, plus the original three. plus the original one. You don't if you if you're not yeah. able to, you still can jump jump in, jump into the drawing. Um, you know, by uh texting us like normal um and, yeah, and on any of the platforms so you know there's multiple ways to do it but we definitely want to try to give as much back to the community and like like chuck just said uh send another kid to camp or at least make it a little bit more manageable uh for for more yeah. kids to go so we're trying to um you know reach out more for a, a good cause and still give away to our community for sure yeah and and like you said there is you do not have to donate to get an entry the only thing you can do just send us the code Gumi, and you will get entered to win. Uh, this is just another way if someone wants to help out in the charity and and put more eyes on the scene and 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 so we can get a little bit more eyes there. So um, we appreciate y'all. And like I said, the the link will be in the notes. You'll probably see us post about it on socials as well. Yes. Um. So uh, and. If you haven't seen it yet, it'll be on socials. To also, see if you if you art. when you enter though, um, to to verify that you are entering for this shoot, is there a way they can let Nick know that this this money donated is for the the Gumi the Gumi painting and and the capsules? Um, yeah, when when he when you uh, donate, I think uh, Nick gave me a way to, to donate. You can uh, he will either be able to let me know. Um, you can put a note in the donation like for the Gumi raffle mm -hmm. um, or if you just want to take a screenshot of, of your donation without any vital information and send it over to us you can double double uh make sure but um i was told we should be able to know who donates for what and make sure that everyone gets allocated their entries if they go that route yeah so yep. but yeah sure that is it uh Gumi Gumi raffle still going on uh, be on the lookout in the socials for um, the artwork. Uh, if you and and for the links, there will be in the show notes as well. 100%. All right. Moving on with the rest of the news, we did have a ton of articles with new cards uh, and some other releases uh, coming out. And there's one new card I kind of wanted to talk about, and then some promos being released, uh, shown off the first time. Mm -hmm. um, so. The one new card is from the Dodrio in uh, the Pokemon 151 set was released um, alongside a Dragonite and a Hitmonlee. Um, but the of the three, I think the Dodrio has the coolest ability. That's why I wanted to bring it up. Um, now, Dodrio, obviously, uh, the stage one Pokemon evolves from Doduo, um, but it has an ability called Rampage Draw. Um, you must draw. You must put a damage counter on this Pokemon in order in order to use this ability. Once during your turn, you may draw a card, um, and then um, the attack for a colorless energy because Dodrio is a colorless Pokemon. Uh, it has Raging Beaks. It does ten plus damage. This attack does thirty more damage for each damage counter on this Pokemon. Um, so this card. Um, you get to draw an extra card every turn, mm -hmm. and in in doing so, you're going to put a damage counter on it, thus increasing its one energy attack, thirty damage each turn you let it go on. So it's a neat little 
kind of draw and um and then having the ability it has 100 hp so essentially you could do two if you let it get all the way down to uh one damage counter left nine times three is 280 damage but um i think someone might not let that happen see that coming but who knows right um i thought it was a pretty cool pokemon to talk about and yeah i mean it's interesting i don't know if it's going to be super meta uh but being able to draw cards off the abilities good um i feel like if you if there was a deck that he can fit into um with damage pump um maybe maybe bringing zoro arc back um and being able to put damage on him that way with uh, well, with damage pump, with the with the stadium, uh, gape jaw bog, kind of fit into a deck like that, and being able to take big swings for a one prizer. Um, obviously, he's very fragile if if he gets to that point. Um, and you know, lost box would kind of eat that up. So it just really depends on where the meta is, but he's interesting for sure. Yeah. Um. The the he's definitely interesting. I also don't see him necessarily being a huge meta thing it is only drawing one card you can only do that drawability once per turn um so you're not like throwing like let me throw four damage counters on and draw four cards yeah um but hey um, any little bit of draw still is pretty any little bit of draw helps so it might be useful and i did want to i do think it would be good in glc just to add add into colorless decks um as well i think it'll be a really really good card in glc because uh, drawing one card is helpful, but then just being able to be like a, a draw and attacker in, in a GLC deck is pretty good. Right. Um, and I have a bird deck in, when it comes to GLC, so it's a flying type deck, as as I'd say. Uh, yeah. Even though it doesn't, it's a flightless bird. It's bird. So it's a bird. Yeah. Um, that's why I uh, thought it was a cool Pokemon. Um, and usually, Dodrio doesn't really get that that many cool cards. Right, right. So right. De- definitely, definitely play it. Um, the promos I was talking, I was alluding to now that are released. We we finally see our English re- reveal of our uh, uh, pre-release promos. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know what is coming in the packs, um, in in for Paldea Evolved, which we alluded to is probably starting next weekend, I believe. Um, you can get a back Scalibur, a Tinkerton. A Murkrow and a Pelipper. 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 Not Pelipper. Pelipper. Um, so, um, of the four, um, Jake, which one are you excited about? Probably the Bax Caliber. Um, it's probably not the best for the actual event, um, but Bax Caliber being able to kind of support water. Um, try to make, you know, water deck relevant. Um, you know, it's one of my favorite kind of archetypes is, you know, having, you know, the, you know, the old, um, ice riders, uh, going into like Palkia's kind of that, that, that engine, even going back to whale Lord, uh, with the Frozmoth, even though that was never meta, uh, still is a super fun deck. Um, and being able to, you know, keep water consistent and good and relevant, um, or at least allegedly, um, that's definitely the card I would want uh, most to to add to that deck. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm. I like Backscalibur too. Uh, I'm kind of excited for the <laughs> the, the Pelipper. Um, if you don't remember, 
uh, I don't people are like, wait, Pelipper is getting a good card. If you don't remember, this is the Pelipper that when you evolve it um, from the Wingo, you get to search your it's a it's a searcher deck or discard pile for a supporter card. So it's a versus seeker or a Luminion uh, on evolution. So um, I feel like uh, Pelipper might find its way into some decks. Right. Um, even though it is an evolution, uh, it's versatile and to be able to get the supporter you exactly need, especially in a, I mean, upon release of this, we're going to have Iono, so you can't guarantee what's going to be in your hand. Being able to just go get it um, is nice. Um, and having that fifth copy of Iono, um, per se. Uh, right. Yeah, um, it seems I'm excited for that card. 100%. Um, well, I mean, it might not be relevant. Uh, you know, as soon as, you know, we get into this because, you know, we still have uh, Luminion that can do that. But, you know, maybe, uh, you know, I mean, I can still see a world because it's a one prizer, um, but probably at least after the next rotation, um, you know, a card like that is still going to see some play. So um, super relevant for sure. Now, I, the As for what you think might be the best come the format. So uh, I actually think that's going to be the Murkrow. Um, cause they may have just, they be that it's a pre-release problem. It, it actually depends on what else they give us to go along with the Murkrow. Cause if you remember, Murkrow has the, is using the, the new United Wings attack, which is Mar mad party via birds. Mm -hmm. So depending on how many of these birds, cause it does 20 damage times the amount of damage, uh, 20 times the amount of. Pokemon with the United Wings attack in your discard pile. Um, the amount of those that you get uh, to make this work uh, could be a fun pre-release deck, which is why it might be the best, but it also depends. Everything else is of Evolution, Tinkaton, Stage 2, Backscalibur, Stage 2. I didn't... Uh, I don't think Stage 2s did too well in, in the... Uh, in Scarlet and Violet, so yeah, for now, for now, no. But I mean, the, the the meta is evolving, like we said. Um, so we'll see where those go. Where you know, um, you know, those are relevant. Wow. But definitely having you know the pre-release uh, stamped card version is always the way to go for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm just I was meant if you're trying to win win your pre-release. So yeah. Um. But that's it. Uh, time to move on. Uh, that's it for the news going on to uh, what else we have left to talk about. Yeah, um, we want to go over a little bit of Hartford as far as just like a meta breakdown. And then we'll go into some Milwaukee uh, predictions, it, you know, based off of what we saw at Hartford, if we think uh, the meta is going to change. Let's get into the meat of this episode's conversation. I want to get into um, Hartford and kind of. Uh, what we saw, the, the, the meta was kind of shaken up because uh, we haven't really considered Mew, at least me and you, uh, to you know be super relevant as far as like an actual contender to win. Uh, but not only did it win Hartford, it also won um, in Malmo. In Malmo. Um, two different versions. Uh, so one, uh, the Malmo version was the double, uh, the DTE path lock kind of traditional that we've seen in the last... I don't know, six months or so. Uh, but um, there in Hartford, uh, we saw Rowan take down um, the regionals with Mew Rapid Strike uh, or, or 
I'm sorry, not Fusion. Raptor Strike, the Fusion Strike with the Meloettas, uh, with um, with you know Alyssa Sparkle, um, really putting that early pressure on. Like we kind of going back to almost what we saw when Mew first came out, um, what almost a year and a half, two years ago now at this point. Yeah. Um, and and in the top four, um, in actually both matches played against uh, Lugia. Um, in, in two different instances and was just able to outpace uh, and put too much early pressure and then like mid game pressure to just do enough damage just to, you know, to take that early prize uh, race lead and then never kind of give it up. Um, taking advantage of, you know, maybe um, not worrying about path of the peak um, as much, especially, um, you know, with less Drapion out there. So, uh, you know, obviously Lost Box had Drapion, but some of the other decks that are you, you we're seeing top meta shares, um, with Lugia, uh, with Arceus, Duraludon, uh, even though that one had um evolution in in uh, Umbreon, still maybe not as fast as for putting pressure on those psychic types, um, was able to do it. And, and so, obviously, Lost Zone did have you know, a lot of Lost Zone has Drapion, but still, um, if it's only a one of Drapion, still Mew shows that it can you know, hang with the big boys and still be able to overcome that. Yeah, I think they might have highlighted the, the what I think Meloetta always kind of brings to the deck is that you, uh, especially in a, like when you, you were saying like you get out to the early prize lead and you just never let it go. You take that, you can take that early prize lead with, with Meloetta and you really have to deal with it like you can't, I and mean, you can let it sit there and try and take two prizes, but uh, you're basically leaving the attacker on the board to just continuously take two prizes against you. So you have to take care of it, and then that's one prize, which is even like at that point, like if you take a Mew, you might not be taking the right amount right. of prizes. Or it it, it goes prizes. back. Yeah, it goes back to the prize race because. Um, a, a lot of these Mews in the last six months, like we said, were the, uh, you know, the double colorless where you're just kind of um, trying to loop Mews and kind of do that kind of thing uh, and not really putting a, a one prizer or a two prizer um, in the forefront as an attacker, uh, but being able to see um, not only Meloetta, but uh, Deoxys be a legitimate threat um, as an attacker. Um, you're forcing your opponent to take seven, maybe even eight prizes. Uh, to take you know, take home a W, yeah, which is which is where that's really helping out Mew um, because even if they do come up with the the Drapion, like the decks have Drapion, they come up, they take the easy Mew knockout. Um, with that, I mean, you're forcing them to use set up other attackers just to be able to use to take down the Meloetta, uh, and then you can, as we saw, take care of. Uh, better price trade is what I'm trying to spit and spit right. out over. Right. So no valid points. Um, but jumping over to the other uh, psychic deck, and I don't think this is a shock to, you know, my, me or you uh, or really maybe a lot of people that are following the met, the meta is Gardevoir um, stock fell drastically. I didn't see much of it at all on day one. Uh, I'm scrolling through here Um sprinkled in there's like one or two in the top 50 but generally speaking um Gardevoir just seemed like a really bad play for the weekend um 
for for the lost boss matchup for um you know some dark being sprinkled in again like we kind of already talked about um uh, drapion uh for the mu matchup uh, so people lost box players were still playing drapion uh which in effect you can still charge up and hit into dark types um or into psychic types and then also uh just uh having you know the the uh the arceus with the with the umbreon uh is an, an, an additional attacker uh, that can take that so um in general um Gardevoir just fell fell really hard and didn't really have a great showing overall. Um, you have anything to add to that? Yeah. Um, uh, the so like the Gardevoir, as much as it might have been a a way to this probably, I think we, I might have said this might have been a, a a Gardevoir resurgent tournament. It turned out uh, not it was not actually a good tournament for it to come out and play. So. Um, because the amount of Arceus that took off, um, especially what made day two, I mean, it was the highest percentage in day two, mm-hmm. but, uh, and that is because the HP of what the, um, like, it's just kind of difficult for the Gardevoirs to get to that much damage without making it, um, kind of really like consistently over and over again, um, that, uh, the, Gardevoir, the Duraludon, Umbreon, which is what was doing the best, or even Artina, just uh, could kind of steamroll it over before it could actually take the KOs it needed. So, um, I mean, it still managed, the highest place was 27th, so it, it right. could still it, do well. But... It was still sprinkled in in the top 50, but not, by no means was it nearly as representative, uh, representative um, than it was in our last, in our last regional. Correct. Yeah. Um, also, but did you see a lot of Gudra too? By chance? Because I mean, like I said, I I did play against one Gudra, um, but I did see a fair amount. Well, I saw you know a decent amount of Arc or uh, Lost Gudra. Uh, I didn't see any uh, Arc Gudra. Uh, it was all Lost Gudra. It seems like a still pretty good play. Um, obviously, Urshifu can take over. Um, and you know, take those Okos, but um, with us kind of I, I think a lot of people were anticipating a lot of lost box um all different variations of it because it's such a good matchup against Gardevoir I did see a lot of lost box out there and that generally has a pretty good matchup uh, against you know or you know the 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 arc the the Garatinas not the Garatinas the Gudras I'm sorry I'm getting mixed up but the Gudras generally have a good matchup because it could tank it could do the moisture star um, it could you could do a lot of different things and just like not take a lot of damage. So I think you know it was a pretty decent call, meta call to to get Gudra out there. Yeah, and and I mean Lost Box was a very popular uh, type as well. Right. Going. I mean, Lost Box do good. Lost Box things. There's so many different versions. Uh, the Toolbox with Kyogre, I think, was the, definitely the most represented. I I know I saw uh, at least one. And then I seen it all over the place um, in the day one and day two as I was looking around. Uh, so, you know, Lost Box just being able to um, threaten with that Kyogre endgame and then all those potential one shots with all the V Pokemon. Um, still very solid play for uh, for the rest of this uh, format before Caldea Evolve comes out. Yeah. Caldeo. Caldeo. Not Caldeo. 
<laughs> it was evolving. <laughs> right. Um, but another matchup uh, or another deck, a deck that I brought, um, Lugia um, with with the single strike Urshifu, um, with Tyranitar and a couple one prizers, depending on how you build it, um, still feels like a really good matchup against a lot of different decks. Obviously, it was well represented at two of the top four decks. Um, so it actually finished second and third. Um, and, and there's a bevy of it all through, um, you know, the top, you know, the top 50 decks. Again, uh, the deck feels really good. It still feels strong. It feels like um, it could basically beat up, beat any deck as long as it sets up consistency or consistently. And I feel that that's the biggest issue, uh, depending on how you build it out. Um, you know, it can almost beat itself more often than your opponent beats it. It feels like, um, there are a couple rough matches, uh, but overall it feels like a really decent play still um, going forward. Yeah. Yeah, I can, can confer on that one. Uh, so the deck is kind of like its own worst matchup, I guess, uh, if you want to say it like that. Uh, just whether sometimes uh, it just doesn't want to give you the cards it needs to get started, uh, which can set you behind or create awkward resource management for later in the game. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it, it did perform well in the day. I mean, it had 16 in, in day two. Uh, and like you said, two of the top eight, uh, two of the top four, technically, right. they fit second and third. So it got all the way to the final. So it's still, as long as you are you can keep consistent, um, it's, very, it's doing very well. Right. And then uh, another deck that I saw you know, too early, uh, but saw, you know, a, a fair amount walking around was Arceus Garatina, or really just Arceus boxes in general. I think Arceus is still in a really good spot, uh, really having two different type of archetypes right now with the Arctura slash Umbreon and then the Arctina. Um, both decks feel like, you know, it's pretty good. Um, being able to disrupt with Judge Path is always huge, especially against um, some of these other decks that really use those abilities, mainly Lukia, um, but even against um, some Lost Box, um, being able to shut Greninja off early um, to hurt consistency or uh, shut Mew down early again if they don't uh, get set up. Um, the deck feels good. Um, and I guess everybody, I guess the rage was there's a lot of people playing Squirrel and, and trying to nest Thatch to, to create... Um, recreate that moment of um you know grabbing grabbing that one card <laughs> yeah yeah uh, i don't we I mean, don't think we got to recreate that at all on stream uh no any, any of the crazy squovit net stashes for for uh the what you exactly need so i mean i art- did have i did have one in, in uh side events after the fact um for net stash for the exact card i needed um, but it wasn't as exciting because I also had a barrel ready to go if it wasn't the right guard. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but the the I mean, RCX was definitely the most popular archetype uh, in day two. Um, most deck types, if you combine Gira, uh, Giratina and the Duraludon Umbreon, so RCX types are um, seeing a lot of success success at the moment. Uh, but if you look at the like standings, you you tend to see a little bit more Arctura toward the towards the top. Right, um, I agree. The, 
standings rather than the Tina's. Um, yeah, Tina def- definitely felt like um, it was falling off as the day went on and on. Because uh, I spent the majority of my, you know, my run in the top tables um, early on. And after, you know, the first two rounds, I really didn't see a lot around me as I like Artina. There was, um, you know, a lot of Lost Box, a lot of um, Lugias out there, um, even some Rhydons uh, that didn't get represented here in the top um, 25. It doesn't look like, um, but still um, didn't feel like, you know, Artina was able to ha- uh, keep up. But Arc Duraladon uh, felt pretty good for the weekend. Is there another another deck type you want to talk about? No, I think that's it for like the majority of them. Obviously, Maridon, you know, can pop off here and there, uh, but it still feels like it's missing something. Um, that late game, especially against like Lost Box, it doesn't have a great matchup. Um, it can definitely struggle against Lugia if Lugia sets up and was able to hit with the fighting type and only gets one out. Um, so that, I still think that's like a 50-50 matchup, but I think it probably struggles against Mew as well, um, especially the Flaffy Box version, which most people seem to be playing. Uh, so I don't think it's still, I don't think it's it's time to shine, uh, but it is a deck to still kind of look for um, and be prepared, you know, on your on your game matches on how to face it. Yeah. All right. So before we, you know, wrap this episode up, I do want to just go over um, you know, Milwaukee is coming up this weekend, or not this weekend, but uh, shortly. Um, do you think that anything that happened in Hartford, in Hartford um, will have an impact on how we see the Milwaukee regionals um, kind of, you know, play out? Um, I think what you might... Even though uh, Mew won the event, so I think what people are going to do, anyone who didn't, all who who did take out Drapions, and just I think the respect for Mew is just going to come back, right? And um, I don't necessarily. Some people might go, "Oh yeah, Mew Mew's so good. Uh, let me get my double turbo version, put some put some fusion energies back into it, and might give it a go." So. Uh, you might see a little bit of a bump uh, in it, but um, I wouldn't see a lot of crazy Mew uh, hype for the next event because I think also you know take into fact that people are going to probably think like I need to put my Drapions back in, right? Uh, respect the matchup, and then uh, the Arceus, the Arceus types are just doing really well at the moment. Like I think that's what's going to continue to stay high. I think people might. Arc Dura with Umbreon is kind of like it's been like hinted at. We've been seeing it, but like this is the first time it's been kind right. of right. I mean, we saw it finish forward. seventh and ninth, uh, so it's definitely out there. I know I saw it. Um, you just get need a little bit, a few more good players to play it, and and Mew's just yeah. in a bad spot. I, I feel like this was the advertisement for it, so now mm. it's on. It's on. It may be on people's radars. Um, so I think that might be the the deck that kind of maybe hits a little bit more of a spike uh, in into more things coming, uh, more decks being played of that archetype. So, so with that being said, do you think Mu V Max um, in the top eight plus or minus two? Uh, minus minus. 
Yeah, I think we'll still see if, one, if, but I don't think we're gonna see. Yeah, we're not gonna see running rampant like uh like we did this last weekend. Yeah, and, and like so, Milwaukee is also like closing in on the like the final wanes of the Scarlet and Violet format before we get how they evolved. I think. Right. I think, I think Fresno's. I think the week after, which I think is the la- technically the last one, um, just just after release. Yeah. Um, so I think we're seeing what is like the place now. Like the meta is kind of uh, funneling to the top top deck. So I, I think you're playing an RCS variant. You're playing like that's what we're going to see. You're playing Lugia. That's what you're going to see. Or you're going to be playing Lost Box. Um, and then the stragglers, like the 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 lower ones, is Mew, Gudra. Uh, right. and um forgetting something Gardevoir. Gardevoir. yeah all right so the next deck i want to talk about um of course is lugia um we don't i mean guess we don't really need to talk about the deck itself uh but i guess as far as prediction do we think um you know lugia is going to st- uh be plus or minus i guess a 15% mark as I'll, I'll set it at um Fifteen percent of the whole meta. Uh, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say minus, but not very much. So this one is the one that I wouldn't. I wouldn't put a lot of money on. Um, right, right. Uh, my my thinking is it's gonna be about fourteen. So, uh, that's where I think it's gonna land. But you, I could very well see it being sixteen, seventeen. So. Right. I mean, I think it, it has a good matchup against Mew. So if people are, you know, trying to counter Mew, uh, they might still just put it or play a little bit more. So I think Mew's stock going up kind of makes Lugia go up um, in the same vein as Lugia is still pretty good against Lost Box. Um, but again, we did see Mew uh, just kind of steamroll two uh, Lugias in a row uh, in the finals. But um, I still think it's a solid play. And I think I, I tend to agree though. I think it's probably going to be around that 13 to 14% of the meta, um, but still well represented. Yeah. I mean, again, I think still kind of it's maybe it's worst own and en- own enemy um on that front. Um just trying to make sure that you uh get set up and uh be able to start punching. Right. Pretty much. Right. And it's you know something that I've learned over time, especially um, in big games like this. Uh, it the speed and tempo of Lugia is you know something you want to take advantage of, and sometimes uh, getting out one Archaeops just to put that early pressure on your opponent um, is something you need to do um, over you know just trying to hold uh, hold off for the play to get two because um, if you can guarantee one to get an attack to take a knockout, um, it's probably overall better to just do that. So. Uh, just keep that in mind again if you're if that's your choice of the weekend to try to keep that tempo. Yeah. Most most of the time, if that temp if that's gonna put you nice and well ahead of the tempo on the tempo of the game, it's worth doing, especially because then uh you just have to you could play around the fact that you only have one. Right. Uh, and still be able to you still will be able to charge up something to attack the next if you would happen to lose an attacker eventually. Correct. Correct. For sure. 
Uh, all right, so then RC is variants. I guess the two main ones right now is Arctina and Arc Duraludon slash Umbreon. Uh, which one of those are, do you think are going to see the higher percentage um, in you know meta share uh, in day one? Um, I think Arctur is the big, big winner of the day in the Arceus turn, like Arceus, like variants. So I think that might be edging out the Giratinas for the top percentage. Though, I mean, Giratina is a little bit more flashier, I guess, of uh, a play. I mean, you get to just be like, yeah, I'm going to knock that out. Mm-hmm. Um, so people might lean towards Giratina in that aspect. But I think I'm going to go, I'm still going to go with Arctura Umbreon. I think so, too. I mean, playing against it, it, it sets up so easily. Um, and even without having a, you know, a draw engine like a barrel, just because it wants to naturally just kind of set up and make you go through, um, you know, <laughs> eight prizes, uh, to that effect. Um, it still, it feels like it's pretty consistent, um, uh, from what I seen, you know, a couple opponents play against me and just seeing in the field. Uh, so I feel like the deck is on the rise for sure. Uh, I, you'll still see Arctinas cause Arctinas still have a pretty good matchup spread. Uh, overall, um, especially being able to share Sharon's care against a lot of lost box if you're hitting more with the Arceus out there, um, and then being able to take you know a lot of one shots with uh, with Tina uh, always feels good. So um, I know you said uh, Duraludon is going to see you know the lion's share between the Arc decks, but overall um, percentage played with Arceus variants. Uh, do you think I'm going to put that at 15%? Do you see uh, plus or minus 50%? on arc decks overall rcs decks i'm gonna go over on that one i think that's clearly gonna be over um it may be the i think may i think that might break 18 this time so yeah i I tend to agree that it's probably the second most uh played overall but i think the number one played overall as far as meta share uh at least in my opinion is just lost box variants obviously not one specific one um i guess out of all the lost box variants, I mean, you might be biased, but what would be your play um, or your suggestion to lost box players? Um, what version they should go and why? Uh, I'm, I'm I'm biased on that one. I am still a huge fan of Sablezard. Um, it did not give a huge showing um, necessarily at Hartford. I, I don't think um, I remember seeing anything. Uh, not and there's nothing in the top eight. Obviously, I don't remember the highest placing at the moment. Uh, I do remember seeing one in top eight in Malmo. So European players played it to a, uh, at least a good finish. Um, I just like the the single prize aspect. Well, the majority single prize aspect to that. Uh, to that making them take like, six attackers uh, or take six turns okay. to take prizes. Um, and uh, the. The game plan that the the outs and routes that that deck has to getting uh, its win condition is uh, varied uh, enough that you can play against mostly anything. Uh, there's not really too much of a rough matchup per se. Um, Gudra is kind of like the biggest hurdle I can think of, but uh, I will. Admit that the the turbo version or the version that uh, contains at least 
you know, Kyogre and the Dragonite and Raikou, those those um, good attackers, the good basic attackers for like an anti-meta kind of feel um, is most popular and showing that it performs very well. Um, yeah, I saw it firsthand. <laughs> yeah, so uh, as long as uh, you're you're not getting too many bad lost zone choices, uh, it can lead you to a very good finish. 100%. Okay, Chuck, uh, before we get out of here, um, I want to see what do you think is your pick for the deck that's going to win Milwaukee um, over anything else? What what wins? Um, I am going to say... I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna say Lugia wins. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Lugia pops off this time and and makes the finals again, but then uh it has its time to shine. Um and uh pops off, does its thing, and, and right. takes the cake. Um I actually agree with you. Um I'm gonna go one step further and say Reagan Redsloff's gonna win. He's got he made it uh to top four again this this weekend. Um, and already shown that he's a really good Lugia player, um, and he's been very consistent at the top. So um, not only uh, will Lugia win, it's going to be Reagan piloting. That's, uh, not, not, I wouldn't even say that's a ballsy choice. I mean, Reagan has been showing that he, he is he he's very hungry for this win uh, and, and wants to get there, and he's been getting very, very close. So he's probably still hungry and still going to, and, and is going to do all he can to get over the top and take the win. Um, which is kind of why I went with Lugia myself, but um, I feel like one of those guys, there's a lot of top players playing Lugia. One of those guys is going to make it happen. Right. Um, so. 100%. But I think that's all um, we have as far as you know, any meta predictions going into Milwaukee. Um, and you know, going forward for this week, so I think that's going to do it. Unless Chuck, you have anything else you want to add? Uh, no, no, don't want to add anything, uh, too much. Uh, just uh, that's it, yeah, no, nothing, nothing, nothing. Well, I will say one more time, um, you know, we're, I, I want to, you know, preface that we are, um, putting that, that, uh, Lugia painting, um, that was painted by a very awesome community member, Megumi, uh, from, you know, Oregon Pokemon. Again, uh, we're going to have that up for auction slash drawing uh, for, for the charity. Um, so again, double check that on the show notes uh, on our Twitter. We'll, we'll have posts up there um, to make it easier to win. Uh, we definitely want to try to, you know, raise as many, uh, you know, dollars for, for a great cause as possible. Uh, but again, if you cannot, um, you know, still enter it, you can still, uh, shoot us an entry uh, by just you know giving us a DM uh, in all our social medias. Yep. Get those DMs over. Get in for the the painting, uh, and and go obviously check out on Twitter. It, it's it's awesome looking. Um, if you're a Lugia fan, you're gonna love it. If you're like a Pokemon fan, you're gonna love it. Um, so definitely get on As, there and, and get those submissions in. Yes, and, and I'm gonna be going for this one. I I definitely wanna to donate and, and, and try because I, I've not been lucky on getting uh Gumi paintings and I, I, I got to try. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's an art, it's a good art piece. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to put 
put my own two cents in too, maybe. From I'm going to put more than two cents in, so I got this, buddy. Let's go. <laughs> Thanks again for listening to the Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast. Uh, if, as always, if you could do us and future listeners a favor and leave us a like, a rating, or a review on whatever your podcast platform of choice is, it goes a long way to helping out the pod. Plus, Jake, where can you reach us directly? Yeah, you can get me at Panucks1 on Twitter, as well as Chuck at WatchWimsy. You can also reach us on Twitter for the whole Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast at PitPokeyPod. Thanks again, guys and gals. We will see you all next time. See you later.